Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude. 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 Uh, preseason. Preseason has begun. How excited are you? Not very. Ah, there's roster battles to be following, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, I care about the roster battles, but I take a dim view that seeing how one player performs in one game or even two games will really tell me anything about who's going to make this team and who's not. I think that the coaching staff is probably just trying to play everybody a little bit. If someone, you know, scores six goals or something in every game they play, then okay, yeah, that person's probably in the, you know, in a good position. But for the most part, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, there was a a big thing about Auntie Suomela and and Kurz wrote an article about Auntie Suomela and we haven't seen anything in, but you're on record saying he's gonna be on the roster, dude. Well, dude, I mean, we've played three preseason games. He's played in two of them. I think he's definitely, he scored the only goal against Vegas. So mm-hmm. um, uh, he's getting a look. He's getting a look. That's for sure. Yeah. I thought what we might do is just kind of go through game by game. Of course, neither of us watched a single second of any of these games. Because yeah, right? preseason games are lame. And you, But you can watch them, actually. You can I know. stream them. I know, it's cool. Uh, but we aren't quite at that point in terms of our hunger to watch... Uh, the Sharks, so, you know, you can learn some things from the box score. Of course, there's other things that maybe you don't quite know. Based I, watch, on... I watched some highlights. Okay. I saw Blitchfield's sniper goal. That was okay. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Well, let's talk about him. We're talking about Blitchfield. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Kurz uh, wrote an article about Blitchfield on, on The Athletic and, you know, a player who uh, last year uh, was sent back uh, to junior and had an incredible year. He's a scorer. He's a sniper. A super year, though. His super age year. Sure. So that's that's one thing that, you know, when everybody's like, oh, he scored a million points. The thing is, if you look, uh, especially at people like Corey Promen, who who rate uh, junior players and things like that, the older a player gets in the junior hockey ranks, the higher the expectations need to go. If you're Connor McDavid and you're scoring 120 points when you're 15, that means a lot more than if you're scoring 100 points when you're 21 because sure. you're older than half the people in the in the league. Sure. That's a good footnote to his stats for sure. Yeah. But um, apparently, you know, he got on the board uh, in in the first game against the Ducks. He had three shots. He had three hits. He, he didn't get a ton of ice time. He played 12-28, which is probably in the lower half of of what the Sharks uh, played. Not as a few minutes as, uh, I don't even know who this dude is. Who is uh, Jeffrey Truncheon Veal? Wow. That's a cool name, though. Yeah. And he played for the, he played 68 games for the Barracuda last year. Wait, so, tr- Trunch, how does his name? Truchon, T-R-U-C-H-O-N. Oh. Do we say this every year? We're going to do a better job of keeping tabs on the Barracuda. This I year. know. We always we say are. that. We're going to do it. Okay. We're going to do it. Look at us. We're, we're already, you know, we said we're going to drop podcasts on Mondays. We're dropping podcasts on Mondays. That's right, dude. Let's do it. We're like, we're like is this like three in a row? Dude, we're fire. Dude, we're going to jinx ourselves. Uh, All right, dude. What happened in, in the preseason Well, I game mean, with- I think that, that looking at the, at the box score here, I mean, you can see Merkley played. 
played 17 minutes, uh, had two assists, had a had a highlight assist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I saw uh, that. I saw that too. So, you know, you can see the upside to Ryan Merkley uh, right off the bat, right? Um, Prodzinski uh, also got on the score sheet here with a goal. He had uh, six shots to lead the team, three hits, two blocks, 14 minutes and 30 seconds. You know, I mean, this guy... That's respectable. Uh, you know, certainly seems to be right now on the inside track to getting a roster spot here. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, well, Timo Meyer also scored. Um, you know, you got Tim Heed picking up an assist. Uh, I think probably the most notable thing from this game was uh, in 30 minutes of play, Aaron Dell quite good mm-hmm. uh, with... Uh, uh, 11 saves on 12 shots and then they turn it over to uh coronar and he was quite bad <laughs> he uh, gave up uh three goals and sort of coughed up the the lead here sharks lose this game four three um but is, is 11 saves on 12 shots really that good i mean i'm you know i don't mean to i don't mean to nitpick arendelle but isn't that that's like a nine i got a nine seventeen nine seventeen okay that's all right yeah Oh well, dude, we're we're not giving him the Vesna. Yeah, <laughs> but I I think the the point of this is that you know I think we had speculated and a lot of people had speculated that maybe there might be a competition for the backup goalie spot and based on the play of the other two contenders yeah. in these games, it doesn't look like there's much of a competition. That's right. Which might not be good news, um, for the Sharks as a team because I think we were hoping that Martin Jones might feel pushed this right. year uh to play uh more focused and be better like he was the year that we had james reiner now maybe aaron dell can refine the form that he had two years ago right which, you right. know if he can have a 917 save percentage you now give this his 30 minutes of preseason hockey mm-hmm. i mean that is considerably better than what he was last year <laughs> that's so, right uh, a good start for aaron dell and i'm sure he'll draw some action here in these final three games but that's basically uh, the first game here, dude. Uh, Sharks lose. Uh, who cares? Uh, and then they go to Calgary for game two, which they also lose 6-4. Right. And speaking of the goalie uh, controversy or lack thereof, I believe Antoine Bebo played in the Calgary game. He sure did. And not, not very well. <laughs> no, he did not. He played the whole game. Uh, and he has this, he had a 773 save percentage in that game. Uh, gave up five goals, uh, empty netter at the end of the game. Not good. No, not good. Not good. Not good. I, you know, I have, I pulled up some goalie stuff, which we'll talk about after the preseason. Sure. Cause I want to, I have some more context cause we talked a little bit about Dell and Jones, uh, last week in the context of shot quality. And, and there's a little bit more to be said on that in a moment, but dude, where, where are we at in Calgary? Who scored for Calgary? Any other, uh, not very household names standing out in the Calgary game? Well, Calgary played, you know, some significant, uh, players from their roster in this game. They had Goudreau, Lucic, Monahan. Uh, they had, uh, um, Giordano Stone. Uh, they did not play one of their top goalies, but they they had some some yeah more some guys. Obviously, Matthew, notable Matthew names. Kachuk is still out, right? And he's still. Unsigned. I think he's unsigned. Uh, the Sharks' top defenseman uh, 
in this game was Brendan Dillon. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they, they didn't have any of their their big names really out there in this game. Uh, for the Sharks' side, Evander Kane, Tomas Hurdle, and Dylan Gambrell were sort of the the big names. Uh, so I wouldn't say the Sharks exactly fielded their A roster. Uh, concerning to see Gambrell minus three, Hurdle and Kane minus... Sorry, Gambrell minus four. Uh and uh, Hurdle and Kane minus three. I'm assuming that they all played on the same line, just given uh, the the stats there. Um, notable stats: uh, some dude named uh, Manuel Weederer uh-huh. sc- scored two goals. That's cool. He uh, good for him. He's played uh, ninety plus games for the for the Barracuda over the last two years. Uh, so uh, he, he was a 2016 draft pick, not really someone who was on anybody's radar. I don't know if this uh, these two goals really put him on anyone's radar this year. Uh, Chekovic played, uh, Chemilevsky played in this game. Uh, Chekovic had two points. Um, you know, the leading uh, ice time getters, probably the most notable player here is that um, we have Bergman, who we talked about last uh, podcast Leon Bergman he had almost 15 minutes of ice time a minute of shorthanded time he had a goal in this game and um, you know Kevin Kurz tweeted about him in in the Vegas game as mm-hmm. being a real standout right okay so we had wondered you know if this kid might sort of jump into the roster conversation and based on paper stats and the eye test from a respected NHL writer right maybe he has that's right and you know these things have, and like we said last week you know Suomela on nobody's radar coming into the season and made made out of camp maybe he could be that guy this year you know give him a chance see if he uh see if he jumps in and starts playing well right from the get dude i mean not a lot to say otherwise uh sharks get uh beat in calgary yeah. Um, scores a little. It's six four. It was it, really five four. And that was Bebo, right? Bebo, yeah, it was yeah. Bebo. Yeah. But it was really the game was five four uh, f- until the very end. So um, a competitive game, but nonetheless a loss. And then going to our third game here, Sharks losing at home against the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, the Golden Knights uh, brought several of their top players mm-hmm. in to play in this game. They had Flurry in this game. We had Martin Jones. In net, dude, uh, you know, if you're looking at who the top uh, ice getters were here, Kevin LeBanc with 19 minutes, he led all forwards. You see Suomela back in there. He scored the Sharks' only goal, uh, and he had 15 minutes of time. Bergman again, now leaping up into the 17-minute range. Five shots, five hits, two blocks. Um you know, they certainly gave him a pretty long look yeah. here. His second game out of three, and you certainly will expect that you're going to see more of him. Uh, I don't know how to say the name, dude, but we've talked about him. I think it's Yurtiken, Yurtiken, okay. Yurtiken, Russian player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who they signed a, as a free agent, played in his second game. And, you know, judging from uh, tweets from uh, our podcast brethren and right. fear the fin they seem to really like this player okay so um comments from them about him how creative he looked uh so interesting brodzinski also plays in this game almost 17 minutes um so you've got some people here true playing in his second game uh played almost 14 minutes 
some players getting some longer looks here. Right. Um, and these are names to watch here. Yurtikin, uh, you've got True, Radil, Suomela, Brodzinski, Bergman. These players are, you know, kind of scrapping it out here for these final roster spots, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so the, at least we have a little bit of insight now. I think if, if we can use that as an indicator, we can say, okay, um, you know, that's those are the guys that are getting the longest possible look. It's unlikely that a guy's going to play three minutes in a preseason game and then all of a sudden make make the team out of camp. Sure, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go from here. You know, uh, Mario Ferraro notably has played in two of these uh, preseason games as well. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it would be, you know, very much a surprise, I think, to see Ferraro make this team. Uh, but... I do like that he was the lead. he played the most ice time out of any defenseman against Vegas over 22 minutes more than Mark Edward Vlasic mm-hmm. uh, based on you know what it looked like maybe they they may have even uh, I'm not sure if they were paired together or what or if Vlasic was paired with Prout but uh, Middleton and uh, Kanizov I don't even know who that is dude hate to say that but um, those were the defensive pairs Uh the forwards is the most intriguing story right now. And then Certainly. maybe also the development of Mario Ferraro and seeing if the Sharks are going to, you know, go with him over uh, if if Shimmick isn't ready. Is Ferraro going to be the sixth guy? I find that unlikely. But, you know, we know how much uh, Pete DeBoer, this is sarcasm, loves Tim Heed. Yeah. Right? So Could it be Dalton uh, Prout, though? It could be Dalton Prout, but we're really looking at that we need two of these guys to start the year because Shimmick... I don't think he's going to be ready, dude. Right. I mean, I don't think he's going to be ready. And, you know, I think Dalton Prout is uh, is a lock at this point to be in the opening night lineup. But, you know, who's the other guy going to be? Because Shimmick's not going to be ready. So is it going to be Ferraro? Is it going to be Middleton? Is it going to be Heed? And one of them is going to be the extra. I mean, if you were in Vegas right now, you'd probably bet on Middleton and Heed, right? Mm-hmm. But are they the two best players? Or is it Mario Ferraro? Yeah. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see if Ferraro plays two or three of these next exhibition games and if they're really seriously considering it. Right. He might get this opportunity because Shimmick is not... I guess he's skating but not in contact or maybe is just about to start contact. Sure. We Um, have seen no Eric Carlson so far as well, which, you know... Which, at least according to... I read something, I think it was in the Mercury this week, where... Um, DeBoer said he would have expected for Carlson to be behind where he currently is in terms of his groin injury that was surgically repaired in the offseason. And he was sort of expecting to hear that Carlson was sort of a maybe to start the season. And it sounds like he's like ready to go. So okay. They just, so, he just hasn't been playing just because. Okay. And Carlson said, yeah, I didn't expect to play thus far anyway. Okay. So it sounds like Carlson's good to go. He's He's ready. All right, great. I'd like to see it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm sure we will over these next three preseason games. You know, you you know that you'll see him at least one time, and maybe they're going to wait to the end. You know, when they start, you know, icing what might be their, you know, opening night lineup, or at least you know, trying to figure out what some of these pairings might be. I'm sure the focus is much more on trying to figure out what that third pairing is going to be. I don't think you can count on Shimmick to be in there right. to start the season, or at least maybe he might not even be in there for the first month or two. So who are those players going to be? That's right. Who's going to be the third pair- pairing guys? You know, is it going to be Heed 
or Ferraro or Middleton. Um, you got to think, or, or and, and Prout. You know, you got to think that those are the four guys right now. Yep. Um, you know, it, Nick DeSimone only played one time. Um, Nick DeSimone played more than Jacob Middleton in the game against Vegas, 18 minutes versus 15.37. Uh, Middleton played no power play time, no shorthanded time, and Simone got almost two minutes of power play time. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't mean... Uh, They're not going to be playing the sixth or seventh defenseman on the power play. I know, but okay, but... So, I mean, that's nice. It means he's a more offensive guy, but that doesn't really mean anything in terms of making the Sharks, I I mean, hmm. Uh, I, I think you'd want to see at least if the guy who's going to try and make the roster, I mean, can he play more than, is he going to be able, you know, you're playing him the fewest minutes right? out, out of the six. That doesn't exactly inspire uh, confidence no. uh, from the coaching staff. Uh, we could be totally um, reading way too much into it. I think that's, that's likely <laughs> probably, but dude, we got to talk about something. We got to talk about something, dude. Uh, let me continue the conversation about the goaltenders that we started last week. And one thing I mentioned that hadn't come out at the time was Dom Lecision's, um preview for the Sharks, which they, he came in and the Sharks are ranked 12th in the NHL, at least according to his model, which is admittedly a model that he himself cooked up and tries to value. He has a lot of sort of advanced stats. He keeps track of zone entries and exits, according to other stat that are collected in the league. And so he's able to... You know, he basically just plugs all the numbers into this model. He's not personally massaging things because he likes the way Carolina looks over this team or hates the way the Devils look over that team. He's plugging these numbers into his model and the model spits out this ranking and the Sharks rank 12th. And, you know, there's some there's some good insight. I understand that people will have a lot of problems with it. He seems to be a lot higher on some teams than than most people would expect. He seems to be higher on the Wild, for instance, than a lot of teams are. He seems to be higher on the Devils than a lot of teams are. Um, that are most teams are, are into because the Devils were so bad last year. But, you know, at least he has some interesting things to say. And one of the more interesting things is he keeps track of not only goal percentage, which is, you know, the percentage of goals that your team scores versus the other team when you're on the ice, which is a useful stat. It kind of mirrors possession. It says you're more of an offensive driver than not. If if your team is scoring 60% of the goals and the only other team's only scoring 40% of the goals when you're on the ice, that's very positive for that player, right? That says that that player is involved in chances. That player is helping to keep the puck out of his own end. But he also has this measurement of expected goals, which is based on sort of shooting percentage and a lot of other things. But you can also use that to, to rate goalies. So that's sort of a long-winded way of getting into this. And one of the things I was interested in is obviously we all know how bad the save percentages were for Jones yeah. and Dell last year. Yes. And one of the big questions I was really looking to answer from this preview from Don Lecision is, okay, were they seriously underperforming or were they performing roughly on par because the Sharks gave up so many chances. Like everybody saw that both in the eyes and do the stats back that up that the Sharks gave up a ton of high quality chances last year. And the answer is yes, the Sharks to give up a whole, uh, a bunch of high quality chances and the goalies were not good. Right. So it was both of those things actually. Mm -hmm. So the expected save percentage, let me see if I can pull this up in the article, um, which is, uh, for one thing, Dom, not high at all. on Mark Edward Vlasic. Um, very high on Brendan Dillon, actually. Brendan Dillon looks pretty good. Um, however, okay, so let me say, he says, Jones remains a starter and is a year removed from a, from strong season, saving almost 16 goals above expected in the two years prior and looking like an above average starter. 
I've been harsh on Jones in the past. He's, uh, I'm quoting from the article now. He's, he's likely stronger than given credit for, but he needs to bounce back from a season where he did allow 16 goals above expected, the seventh worst mark in the league. Okay. If we go on further down the, uh, down the article, um, the expected save percentage for, uh, based on the quality of shots for Martin Jones was only a 905 because of the high quality of chances given up. And for Dell, it was only 900. So it puts, does it mean they had good seasons? It does not. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't mean they were good, but maybe it means that they were slightly less worse than we thought. Okay. Um, So does that make me feel great? It doesn't make me feel great because neither player played well. And and certainly from the preseason, it doesn't appear like we have great goalies to fall back upon, but it's not like the team were like Minnesota who gave up like no chances all year. Right. And and then Jones had a nine eight had a you know an eight hundred save percentage. The the Sharks gave up a lot of chances, high quality chances. Were expected to give up a lot of goals, but the fact is they could score more, which is why they won a lot of games. And we do need to see an improvement from those goalies. So I think it's a little bit of both. Were the defense bad? Yes. Were the goalies bad? Yes. Both were bad. Hopefully both will improve this year. I feel a little better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude. I mean, I'll be honest. When when you when you texted me and said that the Sharks preview was up and that we came in twelfth, I instantly thought this is. I mean, I lost. I lost a lot of respect. You know what I mean for him because I just I don't agree with that. Now, granted, I'm biased, and it's the model, you know, right? And it's, it's not, the model, it's not like sure. He's picking and teams. I, yeah, and and I appreciate that he's you know going just based off of analytics and numbers, but I don't know that that is a fair assessment of what this team is because there were a lot of things off about the shark season, including that they didn't have one of the best players in the entire NHL at full health right. for 80% of the year. Right. So how can you, you know, just, you know, uh, give them a grade based on that. Now also factoring in that they lost Joe Pavelski and yeah. you, it's very difficult to replace 38 goals. Right. It's going to be very difficult. Do I think it's going to be easier to replace 38 goals than it is to replace Eric Carlson for 80% of the year? Yes, I do. Me because too. I think that Kevin LeBanc is going to step up and fill a lot of that void. The opportunity is here for Evander Kane to have a thir- high 30 goal season. And if he doesn't, then he's going to be on the hot seat. He needs to step up. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's going to be more, even more opportunities for Timo Meyer, And there's going to be opportunities for some of these younger kids. You know, I mean, if you've got a sniper like Blitchfield, who, you know, I mean, if, if, you know, this was sort of the same, you know, merry-go-round that we had with Kevin LeBanc when he first came up. Yeah. Kevin LeBanc, he can score. He's creative, right? Yeah. And he's evolved into a better player because they they stuck with him you know is it worth taking a player who does something already really well and then trying to work on the rest of his game i don't know yeah. i mean if blitchfield's behind in the other stuff but he's going to be able to score and you put him on couture's wing and maybe you hope that you're going to get 15 to 20 out of him and then you just sort of shelter him on the rest mm-hmm. i don't know i mean but i think it's gonna be easier to make up the goals from pavelski are we going to miss pavelski of course we're going to do do i think there's a, a a decent chance that Pavelski could have 
a great year in Dallas? Yeah, I think there's a decent chance. Is yep. there also a decent chance that he might play 50 games because he's got so many injury issues that have nagged him all last year? I think there's a decent chance of that too. Right. Is there a decent chance of Eric Carlson only playing 50 games? Yeah. Decent chance of that too, right? right I think right. we know that that all the issues with this. But you know, to say the Sharks are 12th and then for you to tell me the Penguins are 8th? Come on. Sidney Crosby's the best player in the league. Come on, dude. The Second Penguins have so You look at their roster. There's so many problems. Uh, there are so many problems they're, they're with that de- roster. Their defense is a problem outside of Latang. There's a huge problem. But they're deep. De- Kevin... Ke- they got the- good goaltending and they're deep up front. They're not that deep up front. They've they got lost a the- lot of depth, dude, and their T is balls. Matt Cullen? It's Who cares balls. about Matt Cullen? Matt C- Cullen is 50 years old. I know. I'd say that's why we don't care about Matt Cullen D- leaving. Dude. Nobody cares. Dude, Jack Johnson's like their second best defenseman. I know. That's the problem. You're, that's their biggest problem. You're rivaling Toronto for some... I mean, this... Yeah. It's... He put Pittsburgh over Washington. Like I, I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah. I read that and I went, come on. I think because Crosby great. was a f- He's great. monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. You can't count on Malkin for anything anymore. He didn't play full season. When's the last time he played a full season? Yeah, that can't, right? They, I think, they lost Phil Kessel. Yeah. That, that's gonna hurt. It was pretty funny. They said they replaced. I, I read. Of course, I read all the previews, and they say they replaced Phil Kessel. Mate, one of the worst defensive-minded forwards in the game with Alex Galchenyuk, who is the worst defensive-minded forward I, I in the just, game. I mean, I, I get it. I don't agree. And I also right. would say that, I mean, I paid a lot of attention as someone who has an interest in sports gambling. Yeah. I looked at his daily models last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and they were not always accurate, I would say. <laughs> so if you want to use his daily models to uh, support your gambling degenerateness, yeah. don't. So, uh, dude, he's wrong. He's wrong. (laughs) The Sharks are going to win the cup, but he's wrong. He is wrong and neener, neener, uh, pumpkin eater on this dude. Well, the the good thing is, is that um, in his defense, and for one, for me, it's the start of a conversation, right? I I don't take these previews as gospel. I'm sure St. Louis wasn't ranked in the top five last year in his model, right? These things happen, and, and you can try and, and put numbers to variability, and I think that's how sometimes some of the Sharks will get downgraded because the Sharks are relatively old in the core, and he has a model for how players tail sure. off, and you know there's injuries, and, there, and there's variability with injuries, like you mentioned with Carlson. So, you know, is it... I don't take it as like a personal affront, but you know the fact that a team like St. Louis could could win the cup last year means that the Sharks could win the cup this year, right? These things happen, and and so and you know me personally, when I see a team like Carolina, who has like they're like the sixth in the rankings. I mean, yeah, they got Sebastian Ajo, it's great, and they got some good young D, but they've been trying to trade Noah Hannafin for like the last two years, and I I think their goaltending is awful, right? So I mean, you know, you take you take some of these previews and it makes it really difficult to say what it means. I don't know what it means. I mean, we look at, we look at, uh, you know, the hurricanes. I'm just pulling this up really quickly. Aho is rated as an elite player. Dougie Hamilton's rated as almost an elite player. Yeah, they were a great story. They, they were a great story great last deep. year. They were supposed to get swept in the first round. Right. And now they're the fifth best team in the NHL. <laughs> Come on, dude. Sixth I best mean, dude. Great story. Yeah. Great story. But now they've gone from a borderline playoff team that had some incredible uh, win celebrations, right? When yeah, they would yeah, win. Yeah. And now they're the sixth best team in the NHL. Come on. I, I, I don't know. Dude. I'm, not, I'm not mad at you, dude. <laughs> You're mad at me. I'm mad at you. <laughs> okay. I, I just, I don't. I look to I don't see. Buy it. 
for me, you know, I look to see the fact that they have two below replacement level goaltenders, and, and yeah, how like, is that's that? A, how that's a non-starter? Okay, and that and um. <sighs> anyway, we don't. Well, let's not go too far because I know you know we don't need to keep ranting about this. But anyway, there's there's some context here, dude. Let's okay. But I will say this, okay. dude. I will say this, and I I hope the Sharks are reading this. I hope they feel disrespected. I hope that you know this is a team that was you know a sniff away from the Stanley Cup Finals. If they hadn't have gotten so beat up on their roster, I don't know, dude. I'm not taking anything away from the Blues. Congratulations, you won the Cup. But the Sharks had been at full health. They could have been there. Right. They could have been there, and you can't convince me otherwise. Right. No. They I- were right there. So, and they were playing half their team right. in those final games. They were right there. So they go from right there to 12th. BS, dude. <laughs> BS. And I hope that the Sharks are reading this and they're paying attention and that they can play with a little bit of chip on their shoulders. You know what? I hope that there aren't a lot of expectations for them. Right. Because there weren't a lot of expectations for them last year either. Mm-hmm. And they exceeded them. So exceed them again. <laughs> Do it again. Dude. Do it. All right. What else we got, dude? Should we uh, some? Uh, actually, I might look at some comments. I, I we do read the comments that you guys put on the post on the dudesonhockey.com. Yeah, uh, we got some comments this week. James likes the momentum of us uh, trying to post uh, consistently. Thanks, James. Thanks, I think, James. Thanks for listening. If you wouldn't mind uh, mentioning us to your other sharks loving friends, we would appreciate it. Uh, Teddy says it's a bold prediction from Doug on on Suomela. and I did win the bet on Marlo. I just don't remember what the stakes were. So I'm gonna have to go back and listen to an old episode. Taco Bravo nachos. If, I don't know if someone remembers what the stakes are. Just like post in the comments because I don't. <laughs> if you happen to remember, you don't have to go back and listen. I'll to pay it. up. I don't know. It's probably uh, lunch. You, you better pay up. I'll anyway, um, all right. Heather says the Sharks make the playoffs but lose in round one. Ooh, she, Heather. She said, don't have, don't have the depth. Mm. They'd be a better team if they use the EK cash to re-sign Pavelski plus Nyquist. See on that, Heather. I have to. I have to take a big disagree on that. You want. You want to take a 28-year-old two-time Norris Trophy winning defenseman and trade him for a 35-year-old, very productive offensive player in, in, in Pavelski and, and Nyquist, who is a good player. And disappointing in and, his run with the Sharks last year. Disappointing. Not, and not a great player. So you want an, uh, an over-35 contract and a yeah. sort of a, a middle contributor for a maybe a top-five defenseman in the sure. NHL. I don't I don't. I don't blame right. Heather for this stance because we didn't see it. Right. We didn't see it. In we didn't its, see it a lot anyway. We didn't see it a lot. So I don't blame her for this. Um, and, and I think her bigger point is that, you know, she doesn't think LeBanc's going to be able to to live up to expectations. Well, um, I like confidence, and he certainly seems to have a lot of it. He bet on himself. Right. And if you need any sort of a bigger motivator, it's that. He knows he's in line for a major payday. Right. If he can take advantage of this situation and put up another high 50s, he doesn't have to score 80 points. Right. He doesn't need to be Mitch Marner, right? Correct. Who just got paid in a major way, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if he can do what he did last year or even just a little bit more, he's going to be rich in the offseason. And, you know, and it's going to be from the Sharks because I'm sure that they have an understanding. Yeah. Right? They have an understanding. I think LeBanc is going to step up. I loved... The moxie he showed last year, and and I'm high on him, dude. I'm high on him. I want to see him on the, you know, on the power play. I want to see him get a lot. We're gonna of see it and see and see how productive he, yeah, he is. Yeah, we're gonna on that see it. Uh, Ted says uh, this team is not a contender. 
If Jones rebounds it, they trade him for a top goalie, then add some firepower next summer. I think next year they could be strong after the youngsters have a little experience. That's fair. Uh, I think it's fair. Um, the the two things, you know, going back to the earlier discussion, the two things that are really wild cards for me is can Bob Bugner help this defense stop giving up so many high quality shots the way they the way they did early on in the offseason, and can Jones and Dell rebound? So yeah. if Jones suddenly becomes a positive expected goals against goaltender like he was the previous two seasons, not lights out Tuka Rask, not lights out Carey Price, but just better than the numbers say he should be, slightly above average, and we have a, an improvement, hopefully a significant improvement from the defensive core to not give up so many expected goals, then all of a sudden we got a team that doesn't need to win six to five. And, and losing 38 goals may not be you know, the biggest hindrance in the world sure. because we got two great players on the blue line who can score and we got some other players that are easily going to fill in on the power play. Um, you know, those are the two things that I'm really going to be looking at in the first 20 to 30 games of the season. Can those two defensive components of the team come together? Because then we don't have to, oh no, we have to suddenly score another half goal a game because Pavelski isn't here. Well, we can score a quarter of a goal per game and still win. That's what I want to see. Yeah, dude, I, and I want to caution everyone that, you know, I think if the Sharks get off to a slow start and you don't see the defensive woes uh, shifting it towards a positive direction, I think that we all just, it, it sometimes it takes time. I mean, Bukner's voice has been gone for two, three years in this locker room, two years. So, um, you know, they're not that they're putting in a completely different system, but he had such a positive impact on this team. Uh, there's no reason for me to feel like that that's not going to happen again. Uh, but of course, if they're playing two AHL level players on the third pairing, right. you know, to start the year, you know, uh, you know, we'll see uh, dude. I, I, I appreciate Ted and Heather being um, skeptical about LeBanc. I'm not. Dude, I am not. Yeah, I, I, I'm fired up. Um, I think he's got creativity. Um, I think that we have seen flashes of what a great sniper he's been, and he's actually turned into more of a playmaker. But we're going to go the other way this year. I think LeBanc is going to be less of a playmaker, and he's going to be finishing a lot more. I hope so. Because goals get you paid. Goals get you paid. It's like chicks, chicks dig the long ball. Yeah, it's like the, I love the goals it. get you paid. I love this situation for him. I love the potential payday situation for him. I think he's going to have a huge year, dude. And I'm telling you right now, if I was buying a New Jersey, dude, I'd LeBanc on the back. Wow. I put the banker on the back and I put his number. Wow. That's how confident I am. In You're this fired dude. up. I today. am confident. Dude, I don't like the Sharks being disrespected. I don't like it. I appreciate and I respect everybody's opinions. But I got to tell you, dude. Well, I'm fired up. You're shaking. I'm, I'm shaking. I'm turning red. I'm getting bloodshot in the eyes. Just peed a little. Dude, this is it's out of control. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate you trying to build content in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we got three more games, and then the the real the real fun begins soon, dude. Which means that we're we're probably headed straight for uh, next episode mm -hmm. would be the the season draft, yeah, the Vegas draft, the Vegas draft next year. I know we're, we're two trips behind. Carolina on. is my first. Two trip. Don't give away your strategy. <laughs> it really worked well last yeah, year. I know. You're, I could give away my strategy. It's not going to make it. Mike's different. strategy: not pick Toronto or forget that they even exist. Oh god! Yeah, that's going to be my number one goal. <laughs> ah, 
I might pick him first uh, just so, so okay. I don't forget. You, you pick him first just to prove a point. No, I'm gonna pick him first just so uh, I don't forget. You just when it comes, you go, dude. It's gonna be your choice. Remember to start Toronto number one. Whether you are gonna pick first or you're gonna defer. Okay, dude. I, uh, first, I have an idea, but I'm not gonna tell you. First game of the year Wednesday, October second mm-hmm. in Vegas, dude. Uh, pretty exciting. So season preview Vegas draft next week. That's right. And we'll maybe talk about some preseason games if we have any insight as to who's going to make the opening night roster. But I have a feeling it's going to be a bit of a surprise. I feel we might find out like the day before or something, but I don't think we might. I don't think we're going to know that much by a week from now. That's my guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and and it very well could be a situation where this could be, uh, you know, the Sharks do have the luxury of their team being literally in the same building where there could be just some up and down mm-hmm. until uh, they figure out who the right player is against, the, the you know, each team. You know, the Sharks have a, a pretty brutal physical start with the Golden Knights. You know, I fully expect the Golden Knights are going to try and shove it yeah. up yeah, you know the sharks rears in that first game. I mean, there there's going to be a lot of animosity in that first game. The Golden Knights are going to want to destroy the sharks. Yes, so and they might know, very well do it. And they might, you know, and, and, and actually, I kind of expect it. Yeah, me too. You know that they they've been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised to see some physicalness. I wouldn't be surprised to see Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves get into it. Right. You know, some bad blood. This is what Sharks Kings used to be. Yeah. It's now Sharks Knights. Right. And I would love to see the Sharks win just for the comedy value. Yeah. Just to see, you know, Vegas fans' head explode. Tough yeah. start for the Sharks, uh, you know, for their first five on the road. Uh, and then, you know, they come home and their first two home games are against Calgary and Carolina. So not really yeah. a lot of favors uh, from the schedule makers here two, two top uh, from the Sharks. They've got some t- a pretty tough start to the year. So hopefully they can hang around 500 uh, and then kind of right the ship at, as they get a little further into the year. And then they got their big East Coast trip. All right. Well, thanks for hanging with us. Um, we'll be back again, of course, next week, same time. Full season preview and Vegas draft. Yeah. Feel free to send us uh, questions on, uh, I guess we got Twitter, uh, and Facebook and all that nonsense. And uh, we'll be back again next week, same time. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.